Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Late Afternoon Show. I am your host, Tim Olari, and we get to talk to some of the coolest, coolest people on this show. My guest today, Ryan Dixon, is a Hollywood screenwriter, and he has written projects for folks like Walt Disney, Amazon, Universal Pictures, WWE Films. He's worked with Dwayne Johnson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, this guy is really a beast in the entertainment field. And we're going to be talking about how to experience meaningful work in the entertainment industry. We're going to play some games, tell some jokes. It's just a really, really good time. And I'm glad that we were able to connect. If anything that we talk about today resonates with you as meaningful, please consider following us, subscribing, downloading an episode, and joining our Meaningful Work community on MrMeaningfulWork.com. That is MrMeaningfulWork.com. A lot of cool updates on there. And if you like it, leave us a comment, share a review with your thoughts, and we will be seeing you. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Dixon. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> I have to admit that in in college, I went to drama school at Carnegie Mellon, and we all had to take a class. I was a director, but I had to take a class with all the actors called Rhythm. And it was taught by a woman named Victoria Santa Cruz, who was like 80 and from Brazil. And she created this whole style of rhythm. And she was like, rhythm is cosmic kit. It is from Africa inside of you. And I was so terrible that every time I got up to do it, everyone sort of laughed. And like, it was like you had to walk through jump ropes without it hitting you. Wow. And stuff like that. And I got so bad that the worst kids in class had to do private lessons with her. So you had to go to her small office and literally you'd like clap, she would clap on the desk, you'd clap. And I was still so bad with rhythm. She said, you are not ready, kid. <laughs> and so I got, you know, I got canceled, you know. So you got kicked out You got kicked out of rhythm class? I did, I did, I did. I mean, I kept going with it, you know, because we had to. And I ended up the only C I got at CMU. Uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that I, is that I hope somehow I've improved. Oh man, I saw that. I saw that. You were Good. able okay. to you were able to what I don't know if it's like what I lack in skill, I make up with enthusiasm. Oh, a hundred percent. The charisma is there. <laughs> that is what you get the A for charisma and enthusiasm. Ryan, right. thank you so much for joining us this late afternoon. How have you been, brother? I have been doing well riding out pandemic here in LA where, you know, we had record numbers of COVID, but the malls were still open. I, you know, we weren't going to the malls here. It's, you know, I'm you know here with my wife and my five-year-old daughter in what is essentially the plot of The Shining, but with oh. a lot less space. Dude, it has been wild. I mean, we we have been enjoying some of it. Sometimes the schools are able to be in session. Sometimes they're not. And so we obviously beasted out that whole last year with three little kids at home. And, and finally, they let the schools open up. So we're sending these kids out. But it was crazy. Like the malls have been open forever and like all these other places have been open. It's like, man, I just I just want to get these kids out of here. <laughs> like, yes. I can have that. I, I don't care about going to the mall. <laughs> just get these kids out of here. I know. <laughs> uh, but man, so we're, we're so excited to have you, Ryan. Um, Ryan, you and I met um, a couple, I think it was maybe a couple years ago at an event down in Southern California with CoLab. Um, you are speaking and sharing your insights with um, a group of young people, entrepreneurs that 
um, were trying to, you know, kind of make a name for themselves in the film industry. And I was so impressed with your, you know, practical, punchy, charismatic, like not the fluff that you see or you might expect from Hollywood or from the entertainment industry. It was real. It was raw. It was direct. And I was like, man, if there is an opportunity that I can talk with this guy again, um, just because I like storytelling, right? And I think entertainment is all about storytelling. And I was like, yo, if I can connect with this guy in another form or fashion, I would love to. And here we have the opportunity. But dude, outside of all the accolades that I read off for you, what are you personally famous for? What do people know Ryan for? I would say, aside from with entertainment, probably my most famous moment of my life was for a, a brief period of time, I was one of the foremost experts on the McRib, the McDonald's sandwich. I had... Uh, were you writing articles? Like, you were the subject and, matter expert? You were on Larry well, this King. is what happened. Around 10 years ago, around the... Uh, the time that they relaunched their national, the, the, the sandwich nationally for the first time in like 15 years. Yeah. I was writing for a blog called Fierce and Nerdy. Uh -huh. And I had written an article right before they had launched it called, you know, the five reasons why the McRib is the greatest fast food item of all time. Wow. And, you know, I wrote it. I thought, great. You know, it kind of went out there. And then around the time, a couple months later, whatever, McDonald's was re-releasing it. I get a I get a call from uh, the Wall Street Journal and saying, we read your article about the maker. Would you like to uh, do an article about it? You know, would you like to be interviewed? And I said, sure. And, you know, oh, speaking of daughters coming in, here is my five year old. Welcome to the family. I think she's watching YouTube. Oh no, she I know she's talking about her Toy Story toys that uh she wants. But basically around that time that you know they interviewed me. Yeah. And basically, you know, they were asking me about the McRib, and they also asked, where is the furthest you've ever gone to get a McRib? And I, you know, me being a storyteller. And I have a, a budding actress here. He likes to upstage the interviewer, as you can see. McDimble's toy. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, yeah, my man. My daughter, if she knew where I was, she'd be doing the same thing. But I have, I have, uh, I have ski daddled. Yeah. So, and basically, you know, I they wanted to know where is the furthest I went to for a McRib, and in truth, it was like twenty minutes. You know. Yeah. But, I, you know, me being a storyteller, I basically said to them, you know, oh, I drove up to my friend in Ashland, Oregon, 10 hours. And, you know, that got it in the front page of the Wall Street Journal. There I was talking about the McRib. Then I get a call from NPR saying, hey, can we interview about the McRib? And so I went on NPR. You can find, I think it's probably still online. Wow. And about the McRib. And from that, then I got a uh, a call from McDonald's and literally got a, a coupon of a hundred McRib coupons for free. So I I was the most popular person at the place I was working at the time. And then I was kind of stupid enough because I thought it was oversaturated after a couple of years. And then I wrote a thing about how it had gone over saturation, which is actually true. Um, and then you know I never got a free coupon, but for a long time. I was, that's my wife exiting with the cane, you know, <laughs> yes. her up. 
she got, you know, I, I was, you know, Mr. McRib. Alan Klein, who did the McRib locator, which is still there's probably, you know, the 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 sort of Ubermensch of, of yeah. McRib experts for but for a little while. That was my, you know, biggest claim uh, to fame. Ironically, it didn't really win me much in terms of dating or what have you, as I had expected. You know, it really was. Man, it's like you should you come on a date and it's like you should know me. Like there needs to be that recognition. I was, you know, it's seemingly like, hey, I can get you a free McRib. Wasn't you know something that's locked and loaded. That's that's classy. I love that, dude. I thought you were joking. You serious? Like this is. like my man was on NPR, the most serious Wall Street Journal on the McRib. So if yeah. anybody has any questions and needs a subject matter expert on the McRib, please. We have Ryan Dixon. You heard it here on the Late Afternoon Show, dude. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite answers for <laughs> what are you famous for that'll go down in history. Um, but you know, so outside of your um McRib fame. Um, you know, it, it, it looks like you are currently working in creative consulting. Um, so you spent some time doing screenwriting. Um, you spent some time, you know, working with some big name stars. Um, so talk to us about your current venture, kind of like where you yeah. were and how you've transitioned to what you're doing now. So one of the things I say in giving notes about screenplays, if you're having an issue in act two, you need to look back to act one and in that same way, if, you know, I'll kind of give you the, you know, a quick pitch of my life. Yeah. Um, the bullet points is when I came out to Hollywood, I, I loved the entertainment business. Yeah. And I, I think I, I loved it a little too much in that I, I kind of took every job opportunity I have as a kind of class. It's like, oh, I can work for the president of IMAX. Cool. Oh, I can work for World Wrestling Entertainment. Amazing. Oh, I can work at MGM and all these places. Yeah. And at some point I was like, oh, I need to like figure out what I have to do. Yeah. And at that point I was like, you know, I'm going to really focus on the screenwriting element. Yeah. And so I, I left the world of, of day jobs and, and then ended up starving for five or six years as I was, you know, writing and, yeah. and what have you. And at that same token, while writing to survive, I also ended up spending a lot of time doing script coverage, which is essentially like reports on the quality of scripts that producers read so they don't have to read the script. Right. And I, I built up that. So I was doing essentially two tracks of screenplay development and being a screenwriter. Wow. And my first big break was getting um, writing for Universal, a, a sequel, which they still might make, who knows, to the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. where they would add Eddie Murphy and call it triplets. Yeah. And I got that literally at the same day I got that job. I got a call from a studio head who was about to start a new job running a studio saying, Ryan, come be my VP. And so it was the best kind of Sophie's choice. Yeah. But, I, you know, I decided I'm going to go doing it, do the screenwriting, and I sort of dove into that. And, you know, for the next five or so years, it was what everyone kind of dreams about. Suddenly, like, oh, now I'm doing a, a, a move, writing a movie for Disney. Oh, a movie for a show for Amazon just kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. But in that same token, when we talk about meaningful work, while I, you know, I love doing it. I love to have the opportunities. And it, it was amazing to sort of play at the major leagues in that level, so to speak. I also began to wonder, it's like, am I, is this what I really, really deeply love? Huh. Only because 
you know, when you're writing for studios, when you're writing for big companies, you're all often writing assignments. You know, you're taking things they want to do and trying to right. build it. Yeah. And yeah. what I realized with my own creativity that I was also when I turned to writing, I I always loved kind of a little slower pace, my own world, you know, unique ideas, what have you. But where I really did love the the element of collaboration is working with other people's ideas, that mm. development idea of, hey, we have a script, you know, I'm helping another writer. I'm not taking credit. I, I'm building that. And throughout the time as being a screenwriter, I, I would always occasionally take on a client if they said, Ryan, you know, can you read the script, give notes, what have you? And that's it, it slowly became uh, there's a quote by Scott Galloway that he says that instead of following your dreams, focus on what you're good at, because as you become good at that, you will do well at that and you will become passionate. And I sort of made a switch over the last couple of years where instead of writing screenplays was the top, it flipped to my consulting and helping other people, whether that is independent producers, yeah. other screenwriters, and also people in tech, in science, in yeah. education, you you know, using storytelling in, in various forms. Yeah. And that sort of over the past two years, it's like, hey, this is what I love. I love waking up every day working with different people, helping them on their projects, using yeah. whatever knowledge I have. And at that same time, looking at it through the lens of screenplay, the, that became my A plot. And my B plot was, I'm going to write what I want to write. I'm yeah. not going to kind of chase that to make a living. And ironically, over the last year and a half, I've been getting to write this, like I've had, you know, working with different producers and some actors, some of the best writing, you know, I've had the best experiences of writing projects that I really love. So, wow. I, you know, I feel like, I, you know, I'm getting to a place of that kind of balance in your work of doing what I do well and really being passionate about it. There yeah. is where it used to be when I was just focused on writing screenplays for studios, there was a lot of waking up and think I have to write six six hours and yeah. I realized this stuff was I was trying to force myself to do it and in the end it wasn't great for me psychologically because it felt forcing yourself into that state whereas yeah. now I sort of wake up and there's just a wonderful flow to every day or most days at least dude that is that is so awesome you know the last couple of weeks I've been posting I have <clears throat> a spot on Monday called meaningful Mondays where I just kind of take lessons from the previous week and try to apply them to the week ahead um, so folks can have some pointers for making a meaningful week. And so the last couple of weeks, last week I talked about, you know, figuring out what your superpower is. Um, and this week I spoke about making, finding, you know, finding your strength as a priority. Um, and, you know, you're speaking directly on that because one of the things as far as finding your strength is like, hey, what, what comes easy to you? Like what energizes you or what do people come to you for, right? Like, and if you can find out what those things are and to your point, do them and you do them over and over and you do them well, the passion builds, right? When you start seeing the impact that you're having, um, we had Jeff Hoffman um, on our first episode. He used to be the price line at, at CEO. I watched it. It was amazing. It was a great interview. It was one of it, it was such a great conversation. And so we talked about 
Meaningful work is impact and fulfillment. So you fill that fulfillment piece by doing your strength, right? Something that you're good at, that energizes you. And then you see the impact, right? The people that are comes like, oh my gosh, Ryan took a look at this thing or he helped strategize this thing or he consulted on this thing and they're able to get it to the next level of success. Like that's real impact. And so yeah. the fact that you were able to go on that journey and then in the last you know year and a half, two years, really start honing in and chiseling down you know, what that is for you. And it sounds like you have a company that came as a result of that. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, like anything, it, it became at first, like I said, when I was doing the writing, the consulting element was, was a sort of, okay, someone coming to me, I'll help. But yeah. again, it, it's, it's it solely, you know, build it and they will come. And it's, you know, over the last couple of years, it, it became a, a wonderful recognition of like, no, you, this is a real business. This yeah. is your business. This yeah. is your passion. Yeah. And, you know, Tartan Valley Creative Enterprises, which is um, the name of the company is, you know, I, I see it as a, 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 an outlet for all sorts of creativity and storytelling. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of run the gamut from being a, a writing coach for screenwriters to, a development person for independent producers who come to me and say, Hey, Ryan, I, you know, I have this idea. Can you find someone to write the idea? Can I help use my own connections to sort of have, give them placements in the industry. And at that same token, I also work a lot with scientists with like, Hey, how do we, t how do we use storytelling techniques to make the science clear yeah. for audiences, for everything. And, and so, and, and it's, it's what I love about it is because I was so obsessed with entertainment and kind of wanting to be a filmmaker since I was 10, Wow! most of my life, basically half my life, I sort of had a concrete goal. I'm going to this, I'm going to this, like chugging yeah. like a train. Yeah. And over the past two or three years, wow, this business has exploded. I, I'm kind of free because I'm like, I don't know where I'll be in two years or what yeah. I'll be doing. And it's so wonderfully freeing to kind of live in the present of, I love every day waking up, talking to my various clients, working on whatever projects coming. And it's such a freedom to have, to not sort of, to be sort of fighting the expectations I had for myself at yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. 14, 15, 16, through, Man. you know, next couple of decades. Man, that is... That is a wonderful journey, and that is encouraging to folks that are still on that journey, right? It's like, hey, I have this idea of what I want to do. Like, I'm anchored in this idea, and, and oftentimes it's hard to pivot, right, from that. Um, but the most successful people go through those pivots, right? They find, you know, they know what they love. They know what they're passionate about, but it might look different given the times, given feedback and given, you know, all these different things. And that's one of the big discoveries I have when we talk about pivoting is I think there's an expectation like anything diets, creative, like, you know what I, tomorrow I'm going to be manically go all into this. But yeah. Life doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? I tend to it, that attitude, you quickly wear yourself out yeah. versus sort of organically, like, t like little steps, building it, but also allowing what is coming your way and being open to it because yeah. that's where then, you know, like anything, if you're, if you're starting a new career, if you're looking to pivot into something, I think it's having the expectation that this isn't going to be an overnight change. It's yeah. going to take 
years, maybe decades. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's important to sort of manage those expectations. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Dude, guys, for anybody that's still joining us, uh, we are talking with Ryan Dixon. He is a creative consultant. Um, he has uh, been in the entertainment industry for um, a little bit. How many How many years would you say? Or how many uh, years would you admit to? I I moved out to L.A. after uh, grad school in 2004. So uh, I'm terrible at math. That's why I'm entertainment. It's like <laughs> 17 years. 17 years. And so he's sharing some um, some of his journey. Um, and after we come back, so let me know if anybody is, I'm not able to see the live viewers on here unless folks make a comment, just give me a thumbs up or just type in yes in the chat um, if you are still with us here live because we are going to play a game. We're going to have the screenwriter. We're going to have the creative consultant do some entertaining um, charade style. So I want to make sure we still have folks with us. So if you are still with us, type yes in the chat. Um, while folks are doing that, I'm going to make a quick announcement, guys. Um, so um, I said I was going to do it after the break, but I'm super excited. And um, and we're going to come back and talk to Ryan about some, um, some tips about creativity, um, especially as it relates to meaningful work in the entertainment industry. All right. Wayne is still here with us. Type in yes if you are still with us here on the live. Um, so I have an announcement, guys. We are going to be celebrating. I started this meaningful work journey last year, um, around February or March of last year, when I said, hey, I'm going to be exploring um, the definition and the application of meaningful work. And so believe it or not, it has been a year. And so to celebrate on March 1st, we are going to be having a celebration of meaningful work. So I am going to share my screen here. We have this um, very cool graphic with my face all over. I don't know if you guys can see that there. We are going to be celebrating a year of meaningful work. It is going to be a one-hour power-packed conference. Um, we're going to have um, awesome breakout sessions. We're going to have some phenomenal guest speakers um, but we're going to have some giveaways. So we actually have some Mr. Meaningful Work merchandise for free. So for folks that want to uh, sign up, the first 10 people that sign up are going to get free Mr. Meaningful Work merch. So we have this logo here that says, I do meaningful work. I do meaningful work. So you're going to get a I do meaningful work uh, shirt. Um, if you are one of the first 10 people to sign up, and that is literally going to MrMeaningfulWork.com slash event. You go to MrMeaningfulWork.com slash event. We also have these pins. I don't know if you can see it here. I've been wearing it the last few shows. It's the same thing. I do meaningful work. You can put it on your badge. You can put it on your suit. You can put it on your jacket, put it on your backpack, wherever you want to put it. That reminds you that you do meaningful work. So sign up. Um, for the uh, Year of Meaningful Work celebration, March 1st, 12 p.m. Pacific to 1 p.m. So 12 to 1, one hour is going to be great. We're going to be sharing experiences. We're going to be sharing stories. We're going to have a lot of laughs. We're going to have a lot of good um, learning and tidbits from these experts um, in meaningful work. So check it out, um, meaningfulwork.com slash event um, for 
that uh, for those giveaways. And we have other prizes we're going to be giving away as well um, um, during the actual event. So that is my announcement. We'll have some more stuff coming up um, um, as it relates to that. But I just wanted to share that with you guys. It looks like we got folks on here. We got Megan on here. We got Lydia on here. We got Kristen. We got Israel. We got Lydia. We got everybody on here. So uh, Ryan, we are going to play charades, and I you've dealt with actors, so you should be an actor by osmosis um, <laughs> or by association. Um, you are already a charismatic storyteller, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a subject in the chat here, and folks that are live with us can guess. If you're watching the rebroadcast, feel free to guess as well. You can also just fast forward and see the end, but <laughs> if you want to play along, um, you can do that. So this is going to be very, very easy. All right. So, um, there's been so many movies made about this and we just want to see, um, if you can act this out for us. So I put it in the private chat, Ryan, um, you go and check it out. We're going to play some music while Ryan is. Do I have to be just a question because I've, I've never like I played trades a long, long time ago. Is it, I have to be totally silent, right? You got to be totally silent. Yeah. yeah, totally silent. So you can let folks know like syllables. You can say, you know, two syllables or two no, words, like it's two words or things like that. But otherwise, um, you got to be totally silent and just act it out. So and I'm doing you, it during the music or after the music. Oh, during the music. During All the right. music. I have during a the music. score then. All right. Yeah. So we got the mood for it. So, oh man, my Bluetooth turned off. Come on, tech. All right, so you can go ahead. Very nice, very nice. My very expensive theater education would have been for naught if no one had guessed. I would have been crushed. Yes, all of they would have retracted your degrees. Like, nah, <laughs> give that back. Give that back. <laughs> give that back. Oh, Zombie was correct. Man. Very good, very good. So um, thank everybody for playing. Wayne, good thank job. You guys. Wayne, join us. Register um, register for the uh, conference if you can, and we will get you your free uh, – we'll get you your prize. We'll get you a, uh, uh, a pin and a shirt. I already got some stuff coming over to you, Wayne. Um, so thank you for playing along with us. So uh, really quick, Ryan, we want to transition into – we always have a question we talk about by way of meaningful work, but I want you to be able to maybe share um, for folks that are joining us this afternoon. You obviously do this professionally by way of creative consulting and helping folks articulate their story in a compelling way. Um, is there are there one or two tips that you can give us um, that maybe you give your clients um, as it relates to articulating the story in a creative way? Um, that folks can walk away with this, um, walk away from this. Yeah, about, uh, with, about storytelling. Yeah, um, yeah. To me, one of the keys about any storytelling is a strong point of view. Uh, if, if we think about the different genres of movies, what makes the best horror movies is why are they scary? It's because it's not only that, you know, the lighting, the fog, what have you, but you have characters that have a point of view where they're genuinely terrified of what is happening. Same with a, uh, you know, a, a love story. Same with any of those elements. When we think of, when we think of the genius of, of, of Steven Spielberg is that what he's able to accomplish 
with using the point of view of characters. I, I go back, I always think about Jurassic Park because it's a masterclass and it begins with the teaser. We see something scary, you know, the raptors pulling the worker into a cage. But then, and it's clear, like, who is whose point of view are we in? Because the first time we see the Brachiosaurus, we're in a paleontologist's point of view. So they're not scared of the dinosaurs. They are in awe of the dinosaurs. Mm. And then he brings on the kids to be scared of the T-Rex. So I think one element is 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 really about if you're working on a creative project, think about what is the point of view. And mm. in that same token on the flip side, think about who your audience is, you know, really dial in of who do you want to be engaged with this work and what do they expect of, of the work in terms of doing the work. The advice I always use myself in my own life and career, uh, a lot of people have been known for this quote, so I don't know quite who has this quote, not me, but I love it, is take care of the little things and the big things will take care of themselves. Hmm. Meaning if you're in, if you're jumping into a creative project, instead of thinking about the awards of the millions of dollars, think about, is this working? You know? Yeah, yeah. that is... You know, and as you were talking about that, you know, that point of view perspective, I think, is such a major key because even, you know, outside of um, traditional creative work, whether it's, you know, movie writing or TV writing or whatever, if I'm just thinking about professional and personal brand or your business or your job, you know, whatever it have you, I think, you know, storytelling is still key. But having that point of view, instead of communicating what you're doing from a very ambiguous, you know, non-directive way, if you come at it from the perspective, okay, I'm coming at it as the expert, right? Or I'm coming at it as the consumer. Like, I just like to consume tacos. Like, I just, and I'm giving feedback as a consumer of tacos, as opposed to I am an expert or a connoisseur of the ingredients and the history and all these different things. And so having that point of view and you telling that story from that point of view or communicating your value or whatever it is that you're doing, I think is really major key for if you're an employee, yeah, uh, you're trying to get a new job or promotion or get a project or you're an entrepreneur trying to, you know, you know, hawk your product or your service or whatever it is, being very clear about who you are in your point of view and then where you, like you said, your audience and how they're viewing and receiving and consuming you is very, very key. That is nuggets. Guys, did you write that down? Yeah. <laughs> Megan put it on there. She said POV point of view. Yes. Having that point of view can be, you know, the game changer in, 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 in building your, your, yourself as a brand or as a business or as just an, as an individual. Um, very, very good. Um, and so I want to transition into kind of our, our, our closing thought here is around meaningful work. So I've been gathering definitions and gathering yeah. feedback on what that is. And so I'd love to hear your, your feedback on what yeah. meaningful it's, work is. To me, you know, I, I went to school both for my undergrad and my master's at Carnegie Mellon uh, University in Pittsburgh. And Carnegie Mellon's motto is my heart is in the work. Hmm. And and to me, meaningful work is the work that you're understanding that it's hard. You're understanding that it might take a lot, but you're also understanding that you're willing to put in that sacrifice because hmm. 
it, you know, it is your being. It's something that you deeply love. Yeah. And in that same token, though, I, I like we talked about it at the beginning. I, I don't think I, I don't think it's necessarily I'm chasing my dream or I'm chasing yeah. my passion because I, yeah. I, I think there's a really dark side to chasing your dreams because mm. often when we see people chasing their dreams, there's people who succeed, but often there's a, you know if you again we look at points of view and you look at a biopic about a musician who's like I'm going to be the biggest in the world points of view what is often the subplot is the significant other the wife the husband the kids who are ignored and yeah. the family is destroyed and so it's a question of for you uh, with meaningful work to me it's like everything is work family mm. life is work yeah. your professional career is work yeah like if it's a hobby you want to get good at at work and so it's finding the meaning and finding the balance of that and not necessarily being distracted with the kind of narcissistic, I'm going to chase my dreams because mm. sometimes it works at the cost of all others or what have you. But most of the time, the cost is really steep. And yeah. while we might celebrate some of these people who are, you know, become billionaires or what have you, you know, we, we recognize them because it's so rare to get to that level. Most people every day, you know, will never, you know, will never hear of them. But that work, whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing it, you can find, you know, you can find meaning in it. it, it yeah. There's, big, I, I don't know, there's a great book called Man, I think it's called Man's Search for Meeting by the, the psychologist Viktor Frankl, who was in Auschwitz, I believe. Oh, and wow. his, his, his whole argument was to survive Auschwitz, he found meaning in, it's found meaning every day in something there. And so it, it, to me, it's like finding meaning in what you're doing in a way of like, what is that positive, no matter how much, it, you know, it yeah. might suck. Yeah, that is good. And so you're, you're, you're always Sorry to lower it to the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, no, 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 that's, no, that's good. I think. And, you know, having that because it's all perspective and mentality, yeah. right? And when you, See, when you, I mean, that's the point of view. Exactly. So when you are. Um, positioning yourself to receive meaning in a number of different interactions or different projects, you know, or what have you, um, is, is, you know, is definitely, you know, ends up being a positive. And that's kind of like the meaningful Monday thing of where I'm going to be intentional about looking at my prior week. Where did I find meaning in the activities that I did that previous week? And then share it for, you know, how folks can do that. Um, and they said value driven obsession, maybe reduce risk of crushing others under the weight of our value driven obsession, maybe reduces risk of crushing others under the weight of our own dream. Yes. When you focus on values, yes. When you focus on the values, um, then you're able to, um, be conscious of, you know, how it affects other folks. And it's not just you pal driving, you know, your, you yeah, know, it's, your, again, it's, it's POV because it's being able to frame yourself in understanding what you're doing to others. Yeah. And, you know, I remember I had a really kind of terrible day job a long time ago. And I, I remember waking up as going to the car, I would say to my head, what are the three things I'm grateful for each mm. day? And it, it, because it really does, and over the past couple of years, when I've made this transition from kind of really wanting to be an A-list screenwriter to the sense of doing what I'm doing now, I what I the biggest part of me was changing my own point of view of yeah. what mattered to me, of yeah. what was important 
in life, in yeah. how I kind of perceived the world and how I extended my own essence into the world. Yeah. No, that's major. That's major. Thank you so much. And um, I mean, we could talk about this all night, but folks <laughs> from the East Coast are like, yo, it's dark out here. <laughs> it's not even late afternoon anymore. This is late night. Um, but, you know, where can folks find you? What are where what's the best fa- uh, places for folks to to connect with you, Ryan? Uh, I have a, a, a website. If you just probably Google Tartan Valley Creative Ventures, it'll come up. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter at, at Ryan B. Dixon. And, you know, you can also just, you know, you can email me at ryanbdixon at gmail.com. Okay. So we'll put some of that. So we normally do a yeah, I'll recap. send you uh, the links. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, send me the links. And then we'll have a recap tomorrow with three of the main highlights from today's conversation. You really gave some nuggets. And, guys, this is stuff that he coaches people on. This is stuff that he does for a living for other uh, businesses. And he shared that with us live here today. So, um, Ryan, I really appreciate you. Guys, a reminder. Thank you. Um, um, a reminder that March 1st, we have the one-year celebration of Meaningful Work. So um, if you guys want to join us, it's one hour from 12 to 1 p.m. on uh, Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be awesome. We'll be announcing the guests in the next few weeks, so we can kind of tease you a little bit, tease you a little bit, tease you a little bit. Um, but And, Ryan, if you're open, you're, you're, you're welcome. I'm uh, there. Just let me know. I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. I'd love to come, come through. As long as I get a free shirt or at least the pin. Oh, you get you get it. <laughs> You look, you say no more, say less. I got you. <laughs> you will get, you will get your stuff. So guys, we're about to vibe out to the, it's been the late afternoon show with Ryan Dixon. Um, make sure you join us next week. If you are interested in real estate investing, you definitely want to be here next week. We have one of my mentors um, who's joining us, very successful real estate investor and talking about building wealth and how that relates to meaningful work. So check us out next week on the late afternoon show. Ryan, it has been real. Let's vibe out, man. Thank you Thank so you, much. Sir. Hey, hey, where's that rhythm class? Where's that <laughs> rhythm class? There you go. Turn the butter. Turn the butter. <laughs> hey. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Late Afternoon Show. Hey, if this episode resonated as meaningful for you, please consider subscribing, downloading the episode, liking it, sharing it with somebody that you think would find it valuable. And if you have any thoughts or ideas on people that we can talk to or subjects we can cover, shoot me an email. My email is tim at mrmeaningfulwork.com. Again, that is tim at MrMeaningfulWork.com. Again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on another edition of The Late Afternoon Show.